Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. In all of our lives, we have to make decisions on what our next move is going to be. You know, when you were little and you learned how to stand, the next thing in your mind was, I want to learn how to walk. And then as you grew older, you wanted to learn how to run. And then as you grew older, it was what sport or what instrument or what things do I want to do? And we made those moves to to do what was next, what was natural. When you got into high school, it was who you were going to date, what's your first job going to be. And in college, it was what do I want to major in. And when you became an adult, you thought of what those next moves might be. You see, in, in all of our lives, we're constantly making moves. And when we look at, okay, God, what is the next move for me? I think some, so many times we can, we can make it so much more difficult than it needs to be. I think we can make it so much more, so much, so much more of a bigger thing than, could it be just a step? You know, I wrote, what if, what if the move is way simpler, your next move, what if your next move is way simpler than you think, but the lasting impact is greater than you could ever imagine? What if? You see, we're here at a, a small pond. You know, in this rock, though so small compared to the size of this pond, will have such a huge impact. Watch this. See, the ripples, by the time they're done, they will impact the entire pond. One stone. So imagine what your next move might do. Your next move could be as simple as a phone call to a friend. Your next move might be how you parent, changing, going, you know what, I've, I've realized some things that I want to do different. It, it may be how you work in your job. Your next move, though it might seem so small as a simple text message to a person, might make lasting impacts like that stone made in this lake, I can still see the ripples coming to the shore. Imagine with the next move you make, the ripples it might have in eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I ask that you would bless us. Lord, that you would give us wisdom and strength and guidance, Lord, as we look to see what you have for us in the future. Lord, as we pray about our next move, God, I ask that we would hear from you and learn from you what you have for us. God, I ask that you'd speak to your people this morning. Speak to your people, um, Lord, all over churches, all over the valley, Lord, this day. God, I thank you that you desire to do something bigger than we could ever imagine or think. And Lord, I ask that you would move in churches like Desert Breeze, Lord, that you would move in churches like CCV, that you'd move in churches like Relentless, Valley Life, the Meadows, and God, that you'd move in our lives at City View Church. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. So over the past few weeks, we have been following the lives of Elijah and Elisha. And we, we've been looking at this idea of, of stepping back and really looking at life and looking at all the different things that we're in going through right now. A few weeks ago, we looked at Elijah and we found him in a cave. 
in a cave. He was running from his life. He was hiding and scared. And God meets him in that cave. And God says, Elijah, I want, I want you to step back. I want you to step back. And I want you to really look at and, ev- and evaluate the situation that you're in right now. And in that moment, God speaks to him and he hears from the Lord and he gets this clear call of what he's supposed to do. And then, and then the following week, we, we looked at how, how, what God spoke to him and how God gave him this new call and this new purpose and how Elijah determined what he was going to do next. He determined his destination. How That's what we need to do is, as we step back and sort of see, okay, God, what is it for you? Then we determine, okay, God, this, this is where you're going to, this is where you're leading me. And, and Elisha was given this new purpose and a new directive from God on what he was supposed to do. And then he, God tells him, I want you to go and I want you to appoint. I want you to go and pick a new prophet. His name is Elisha. And I want you to go find him. And Elisha, when we find Elisha, he's in the middle of plowing a field. And he goes and he says, Elisha, and he puts his mantle, this cloak over him. And now Elisha has not just a, a new direction, but he's got a new call in his life. And they both have to make this choice. Am I going to obey what God is calling me to do or am I going to do what I want to do? Today, we're going to look at making a move. Making a move. What move is God putting on your heart? You know, I've been, every morning when I wake up, I, I, I mean, I change my seat on my couch where I want to read. Right now I'm sitting in this other corner, trying not to make sure there's, you know, my couch gets too soft in one one spot, to be totally honest with you. And I've been sitting there, and, and that's my, been my prayer. Okay, God, what what are you calling me to do? And maybe some of you are thinking, Jeremiah, what, that you're doing what you're calling. Yeah, but I always want to be hearing, okay, God, is there something new? Is there something fresh? Is there something different? I don't want to ever become stale or just going in the same rut and in the same groove. If God is something new, I want to make sure I'm listening for it. And so I've been seeking the Lord. God, what what are you putting on my heart? You see, God is moving. He is moving in a powerful way. I don't know how many of you know, but people are giving their lives to the Lord even over video sermons, which is an amazing thing. We're watching God move. We're watching God do things that for many people never could even imagine this was happening. This could happen. And so God, I believe he's still moving. I believe God is moving in a more powerful way than we could ever begin to imagine or think. And I believe he wants to do that in you. So let's go back. Let's jump back into this, this li- the lives of Elijah and Elisha. If you would turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 right now. And it says, And it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, you got to be careful with those two names because they almost sound the same. Elijah, Elisha, it's tongue twister for me, but I'm going to continue. Elijah and Elisha said to Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, 
I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out, of, came out to meet Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And Elisha responded and said, Yes, I know. Be still. So as we come to the end of Elijah's life, it, it seems like people know something big is about to happen with Elijah. Elijah's the one that was in the cave. Elijah's the one that called fire down from heaven. That's, that's who Elijah is. It seems like as we come to the end of his life, everybody knows there's some kind of big moment that's going to happen, that God is going to take him. It seems like everybody's ready and they're waiting for this. Elijah knows and Elisha knows. And so, at, so they're traveling through these different towns and through these different places, sort of saying his last goodbyes. You know, I was thinking, what, what would you do if you knew you only had a week left? What would you do with that time? What would be your priorities? What would be the things that you would definitely have to say goodbye to, the people you'd say goodbye to, the things you would eat? What would those things do? You see, we see what Elijah does. It seems as we look at this, as we look at this passage in Kings, 2 Kings, Elijah had schools that he started. He had students that he had taught and poured into. And so what Elijah does for his last bit of time on earth is he goes and he encourages them so that they might keep going. Because life was never about Elijah. It was always about others. When he wanted fire to come down from heaven, his heart was that the people might turn their hearts back to God. When he was hiding in the cave, it's because he felt alone. He felt like nobody else was following God. So as we come here to 2 Kings, and he's going and he's saying his goodbyes to his students. That's what he did. Elijah told Elisha as he went to each city, he says, Elisha, stay. You don't have to come with me, Elisha. And Elisha says, I will never leave you. I'm here for you. I got to learn everything I possibly can from you. I, I can't bail on you. I got to know what, what are you going to do? How do you do things? How do you hear from God? How do you know what God wants? I mean, are, are we that much of a learner? Are we that much of, do we desire that much to hear from God and, and to be around those who, who have a relationship with God or who, who is in our circle and who has our ear the most? Elisha knew, I'm not going to waste any time. I've got to be around you as much as possible. I've got to be in study and listen to you teach and I've got to hear these things. I ask you, what gets most of your time? Right now, you've got a lot of time. What, what are you doing? And Elijah says, I'm not going to leave you. You see, he knew the only way to move forward. He, Elisha knew the only way to move forward was he had to be devoted to what God had called him to do and to be, he had to be determined to get there. We're going we're gonna to look at four main points this morning about how to make your move and how to stay on track with it. The first one is, if you want to make a move, you have to be devoted to God and you have to be determined to listen and do. 
You have to be devoted, you have to be devoted to God and you have to be determined to listen and do what God has called you to do. You can't be wavering. Elisha was devoted. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go where you go. He was determined to listen. I'm going where you go because you are God's man. God has called you. He was determined. Nothing was going to get in his way. And Elijah went to three different schools. He went to these different places where, that he might encourage and speak into the lives of his students. And each time he tells Elisha, hey, you don't have to go with me. And each time Elisha says, I'm not leaving you. At each one of these schools as they get there, the students come out to Elisha and they say, hey, do you know that the Lord is going to take away your master from you today? I mean, don't you love that there are some people in life that they just love to be the discouragers. They, they love to bring up the, the negative and, and the Debbie Downers and those people in your life. If, you're, if your name's Debbie, I'm so sorry. No, um, no, no, nothing meant about you. But you know those people that they just love to bring you down. So these guys are like, Elijah shows up like, hey, Elijah, how are you? And then Elisha comes in like, hey, you know, Elijah's going to leave you. He's not going to be with you anymore. How are you going to do now? I'd be like, shh. Just shut up. I don't like you. Each city Elisha it goes into and, and they say this. And, and Elisha, it was tough, I'm sure. Students trying to discourage and distract him. And Elisha says to them each time, yes, I know. Be still. Yes, I know. Be still. Be quiet. I don't need to hear it. You see, he stayed focused. He stayed focused. When you want to make your move to be ready, you have to be ready for people who are going to try to get you off course. When you are making your moves, you're like, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to be different. I'm going to live a different life. I want to, I want to be the person that God has called me to do. You have to be ready for people to try to get you off course. So if you want to make your move, here, here's the next thing. You have to Detect distractions and deflect diversions. You have to deflect distractions. Deflect distractions. They're going to come. You've got to be ready to block them or, or detect distractions. You've got to be aware of them. Detect distractions. You've got to be aware that they're coming. And you've got to deflect diversions as they come. There will always be things and people who will try to get you off course and slow your momentum. There will always be those people. There always are in life. It doesn't matter how good or how bad life is. There are always those people that are going to try to get you off course and slow down your momentum. But if we can learn from Elisha that we need to be devoted to the call and ready for distractions, then we can be aware of what's happening. I think so many times we lose momentum because we were not ready for the distraction or the discouragement that was coming. We weren't ready for it. We were so excited to share with somebody uh, this amazing thing and, and it wasn't received as we thought they should have. They weren't as excited or, or they, didn't, they didn't see the, the, the great things. They in, instead brought in the immediate, well, how are you going to do it? Or how is that going to work? Or I can't see that. Or I don't see that in you. And they immediately bring you down. That's not fun. You see, Jesus and throughout Scripture, we see this idea of being on guard. Jesus said to his disciples, the devil wants to sift you 
Peter says, stay alert. Paul says, set your mind. James says, don't be surprised. There are so many warnings about staying focused and being on guard because distractions are going to come. Diversions are ready to get you off course, but God is moving and he wants to move through you. He's not done. So let's continue to read. So Elijah, they went to these three different cities and Elisha continued to follow him. And then as they get to this last one in verse seven, it says, now 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle and folded it together and struck the waters and they were divided and here and there. And so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, and he asked, What have I, what shall I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha says, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, If you see me when I am taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it will not be so. So Elijah and Elisha are now spending their last seconds, their last minutes together. And they come to this river, the Jordan River. And if I I know many of you have probably never been there, but the Jordan River is a big river. And so for to be on one side and one to get to the other side, bridges were not as easy. Getting a boat was not always there. But like we, if you have read the Bible, there are stories, there are places where we see how God, water is never a distraction. Water is never something that is going to keep God from doing what he's going to do. And so Elijah takes his mantle he folds it and he strikes the water and the water is divided. And, and we see that there's 50 people on the other side of the shore. There's 50 of these prophets, of these men who are watching. They're watching to see what would happen. It says that in verse 7. 50 men of the sons of the prophets went. So it seems like 50 of Elijah's followers, they're there and they watch this miraculous thing happen. But Why? Because I, th- I think God wants to use that moment where they see Elijah do something so that they might see how God's going to move in Elisha's life in just a minute. So God was, was using that moment. And then when they got to the other side, e- Elijah turns to Elisha and he says, what is it you want? What do you want from me? My wife, she will say to my kids, because they'll keep asking and do that, those things, and she goes, what do you want from me? It's funny. I don't know if you think it's funny, but I think it's funny. But what would you ask for? If God says, what do you want from me? God, what do you, if God says, what is it you want? What call or what purpose, what is it you want from me? What would you ask for? Elijah has a blank, Elisha has a blank check in front of him. Elijah says, what is it you want? You want money, you want fame, you want popularity, you want success. What do you want? You've got to be ready to answer. And Elijah, Elisha was. 
You see, when you want to make your move, not only do you have to be devoted to God, not only do you have to be make sure that you are not going to be distracted, but you've got to be decisive and daring in your ask. Daring in your ask. I know many of us, we don't ask God for much because I think we think too little to ask. I think our faith is too small. Our next series is, is going to be a series all about faith. We're going to look at different people in, in their lives as they go to Jesus. See, I love Elisha's faith. I love his boldness. I love how daring he is. And I want to challenge you, be daring with your ask. I've been praying the same thing that Elisha asked. He said, God, will you give me a double portion of your spirit? That's what I've been asking. He doesn't say, I, I want, he, he, he doesn't just say, I, I want to be like you. He says, I want to be double of you. I want double of the blessing, double of the Spirit of God upon me that you have. I want double. You might think, that's greedy. Do you think your kids are greedy if they ask for three scoops of ice cream as opposed to two? Or do you think your kids just want more? When you make cookies and you hand them one and they say, can I have more? Are they being greedy or do they just really like the cookies? When you go and you get that second helping of whatever you're eating, are you being greedy? Maybe sometimes we are, I'll admit. When my bowl is overflowing, it is. When you ask for a raise, are you being greedy? Or do you just want more? Ask God. Be daring with your ask. And so he says, God, give me, or he says to Elijah, I want a double. I want double. See, Elisha got what he asked for. Elijah, I mean. God said to Elijah, go back, go, come out of that cave. And God says to Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? He says, God, I feel alone. Then God called Elijah to do more. God called him to move and he got to watch God move. He got to watch God continue to do because God has not stopped moving. So when God called Elijah and he says, Elijah, what is it you want? And Elijah says, I just don't want to be alone and I want to keep going, but I sort of feel like giving up. And, and God says, okay, Elijah, I've got more for you. Now this question comes to Elisha, what do you want? He says, I want more. But Elisha had to know what is it on my heart? And this is what was on his heart. I want double. I want to be just like, but more. I want more of the Spirit of God on my life than Elijah. It was on his heart. It was burning in him. He wanted double. And then all of a sudden, it seems like in this conversation, this day happened super fast for them. All of a sudden, it says, and as they were going, verse 11, and as they were going along and talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which were separated, which separated the two of them, meaning Elijah and Elisha. It seems like it came in between them. And Elisha went up by the whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. 
And then he took hold of his mantle of his clothes and tore them into pieces. And he also took up the mantle of, of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of the Jordan. The only way Elisha would know if he was given what he asked for, Elijah told him, if you see me go up in that chariot, you will know that, I've been, that you will be given double. It's the only way. I'm not going to tell you to go and ask that God shows you a chariot of fire going up into heaven. I don't know how we know sometimes. It's just, you just got to make moves and keep going. So the only way Elijah knew, and Elisha knew if God answered his cry and his desire, is if he saw this whole thing happen. And guess what he did? And I love, it says that the mantle fell, and I don't know if it fell immediately as Elijah was going, it just fell to the ground, or if as Elijah was going to the sky up in this chariot, all of a sudden the mantle falls. And it's this epic moment of the mantle falling, sort of like you would see maybe somebody's scarf falling or something like that. And it's just falling slowly to the ground, and Elisha is watching this happen. And he has to make a decision. Do I pick it up? Do I leave it? If he, if he picks it up, he is making the choice to follow God and do what God had called him to do. Or he can leave it and walk away. You see, for us, when we want to make a move, we have to make a decision. What are we going to do? You either pick it up or you leave it, ignore it, and walk away. But when you know God is calling you, you have to pick it up. Whatever it is that God is calling you to pick up, you have to pick it up. We have so many examples in, in, throughout Scripture and throughout the Bible of people picking up what God called them to do. You have Moses who God said, throw down your staff. And it turned into a serpent. And then God said, pick it up. And he picked up his staff, even though he did not feel qualified. He never felt ready. He never felt sure. He, was going, he went to his father-in-law for wisdom. He went to his brother and sister for help. And he continually went to God. So it wasn't that he picked it up because he was able. He picked it up because he trusted that God had something for him. That's why he picked it up. Ruth. Ruth was a widow. She was poor. She was out of her comfort zone. She was in a country she didn't know. And this lady, Ruth, in the Bible, who had lost everything, she's like, what do I do now? Well, she went and she picked up wheat. She picked up wheat. She didn't just wait for people to come and help her. She went out and she got to work. David, he saw his people being taunted by a giant. And he was being told all these different ways of defeating the giant. But he goes, you know what? I'm going to do what I know God has put on my heart. I'm going to pick up five smooth stones. Because he knew God had called him to defeat giants in his life. Has God called you to defeat giants in your life? So he said, all I know is I'm going to pick up five smooth stones. And even though many told him that he was too young, he was too little. Even some called him arrogant. But he did what God called him to do. He picked up the stones. And then you have Jesus, who picked up his cross. 
the heaviest tree he ever created. He picked it up and he carried it for you and for me. So what are you called to pick up? What burden are you called to carry? What purpose are you called to do? What is God putting on your heart? And how will you know? It says in 2 Kings 2, 14, Elisha took up, he picked up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when and when he also had struck the waters, they were divided here and there, and Elisha crossed over. So he picks up this mantle, and he comes to the same river, and he says, God, where are you? God, are you here? Did you hear me? Did, th did this all really happen? Is it going to happen as you said? So he takes that mantle, and he strikes the water in front of the same 50 guys, and they see this happen. They see that God has a call on his life. They saw that God moved. When God puts a call on your life, others will see it too. They will see what, you, what your heart is. They will see what your passions are. They will see those things. So maybe you're wondering, what is it? Ask somebody. Ask somebody who is, who is maybe they follow God a little longer than you have. Maybe they, they know you real well. Ask them, say, what, what is it you see in my life? And be open to hearing it. Because many times we don't want to hear. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do what we want to be called to. But we're unwilling to really hear what it is maybe God's calling us to. Because we think there's levels of calling. We think there's some things that are better than others. We think there's some things that are, that are bigger and, and God wants to do these bigger things. And, and the, the big callings are those who preach and those who are on Instagram and have so many followers and those who get to impact and be presidents and those are the big callings. Man, I think being a teacher, being a mom, being a worker, when you let God work through you, there's no bigger calling than that. And maybe you know exactly what you are supposed to do next. Maybe you know your call. You know it, and you know it without a doubt, but you just need to move now. You need maybe a good kick in the behind to just start going. Do it. But I'm sure there are many of you sitting there right now. You're watching this. And you're thinking, I don't know what it is. I don't know what God's calling me to do. How am I supposed to know? What, what am I supposed to do, Jeremiah? I mean, I may hear what you're saying. I need to be devoted to God. I do that. I need to be careful of distractions. Okay, I can do that better. I need to be daring with my ask. And then I need to make a decision, okay? But I still don't know. How am I supposed to know? Maybe you're wondering that. How can God use me? What are my gifts? What am I gifted in doing? Starting next week, on Wednesday, we will be, we will be releasing part one of a seven-part series on spiritual gifts titled Gifted. And I'm going to do a seven-part series looking at the gifts of the Spirit in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to dive into those and really look and see, okay, what is your gift? 
and helping you sort of process that and then helping you see, okay, how do I fit into the mission and the vision of what God is calling me to do? It's okay for us to wait and pray and see what God has. I don't think Elisha knew what he was always supposed to do. He just knew, I have to plow my field. That's what Elisha knew. Not knowing that his calling would be made clear in that same field. David didn't know what he was supposed to do. He just knew, I've got to tend my sheep. I've got to take care of the sheep, what the, the, the sheep that my dad has asked me to watch over. That's what, I got to, that's what I got to do. David had no idea that his calling would be made clear in that exact field. Ruth. Ruth didn't know what she was supposed to do. She just went to work in that field that day, picking up the scraps, picking up the leftovers. And maybe there's some of you out there Maybe you're a mom and you just feel like all I do is pick up the scraps and pick up the leftovers in my field. That's all I do. You see, Ruth, that's what she did. But it was in that field, it was in that moment that she was called, that God made her calling clear. She married a man named Boaz. They had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David, who many years down the road, had a son named Jesus who changed the world forever. You see, just like at the beginning of my message today, one rock, though small, can affect a pond so large. The ripples keep going. You see, Ruth had no idea what she was doing was going to be so big. So for you, I want to encourage you, keep going, keep grinding, keep plowing. God is on the move. He is using you right here, right where you are right now. Remember the, that, that stone from the beginning, that your impact is going to be greater than you could ever imagine or think. Remember that. You may be thinking, all I do is I'm just sitting at home and I'm doing meetings on Zoom. You may have, you have no idea the impact you're making right now. I'm, 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 just trying to, I'm just trying to help my family, provide for my family. You have no idea the impact you're making right now. I'm just doing my schoolwork. I'm trying to finish school and I'm so tired, I'm sick of it. You have no idea the impact you could be making right now. No idea. What you are doing now is making ripples in eternity. So here it is. When you make your move, you got to trust God. Be devoted to Him. Guard against distractions. Be daring in your ask and make your move. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, thank you that you're not done. Lord, thank you that you have such a great plan for each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you that you desire to move in our lives. And Lord, I pray for those who right now, who they know, they know what you're calling them to do and they just need to move. Lord, give them the boldness and the courage to go, to do, to make that move. Lord, then for others who are 
maybe we're in the middle of, of doing what you called us to do, Lord. Maybe we're, we know it and we're in it and we feel that groove and we're, we're just moving. God, I pray that you would encourage us in that now. That we wouldn't give up, that we wouldn't quit. And Lord, maybe there's some of us, we're sitting there and we're just wondering, God, I've been asking you what you want me to do my whole life. God, I ask that you'd make that clear for them. Speak to their hearts. Help them know. Lord, maybe for some right now that are watching, the move they are to make is to follow you with their life. And if that's you, if that's you, you've been following and chasing everything else except God. If that's you, I want you to pray with me right now. Say, God, I give up. I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died on a cross for me. God, I want to follow you. God, I want to follow you with my life. Please forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. City of you, I hope you have a great week. Don't miss next Sunday. Dads out there, men out there, people out there, next Sunday is Mother's Day. So if you've forgotten, if you're going to order it on Amazon, it's not going to get here in time. Because Amazon no longer does Prime, it seems like, at least. It takes forever. So be creative, dads. Start doing what you're going to do now. Don't miss out on it. We have a special message for you um, next Sunday. Katie will be sharing with us um, some amazing wisdom. So don't miss it next Sunday. It's going to be great. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.